Lars, hör vi? Mm. Lite. Hallå, hallå? Jag snackar och snackar. Ja, bra. Hello and welcome to another episode with the Tim Wendelbog Coffee Podcast. Uh, today we're not necessarily talking about coffee, but we are talking about something we do almost every day uh, to help our customers serve excellent coffee, whether it's in their office, uh, in a cafe or in a restaurant or wherever they are. So to talk about this subject, I have invited our one of our wholesale uh, su- customer support workers and our subscription manager and uh, General Wizard Malin Borgos. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Malin has been working with us for how many years? Uh, one and a half year. One and a half year. Mm-hmm. So not too long. No. And you've been uh, kind of stepping in when Ben has been on paternity leave. Yeah. To do uh, a lot of his work, but mm-hmm. you, you're probably continuing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. When <laughs> he comes back, mm-hmm. which is very soon. But uh, maybe we can uh, start talking about who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So my name is Malin. I'm 24 years old, and I am from a small place in Norway called Trøgstad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I moved to Oslo. I think it is five years ago now because I want to live in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I moved to Oslo, I started to work as a barista, and I really enjoyed working with coffee service and sale. So because of that, I started um, on a bachelor degree and in marketing and sales management. Mm-hmm. And right before I finished that uh, degree last year, I got a job here uh, as an as a barista. Yeah. And after working here for I think one or two months, I started working with subscription. Mm, as well. So uh, when our wholesale manager Ben left for paternity leave, I was asked to be his substitute. <laughs> I said yes, of course. And since I think working with wholesale customers is so fun and rewarding and cool. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed you took notes to talk about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is your fir- first podcast? Yeah. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, the nerves normally gets uh, more quiet when we talk a little bit. Yeah. So in general, uh, working as a wholesale customer support person, mm-hmm. I don't know what you call that t- title, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you Something do. like that. Um, a lot of people don't understand what wholesale actually is, so maybe you can explain just what what do we, what do we mean with wholesale? Wholesale customers is basically customers that are either reselling our coffee or serving it to uh, other customers, yeah. or for example, offices and uh, yeah, offices that want to have good coffee. Yeah. So, in a very simple term, business to business. Yeah, business to business. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people don't realize that we actually do that because Mm -hmm. we do have a coffee shop, obviously. And um, we get questions all the time. Oh, do you sell coffee to other businesses? Yes, of course we do. That's Mm -hmm. partially, I mean, that's probably 50% of our total business is that. Yeah. And um, we don't. I also know that people think we have criterias. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, the only criteria is that you want to serve good coffee. Yeah. And that you pay your bills. Yeah. That's basically it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, we have uh, had some criteria in the past where, I mean, the willingness to learn and mm. to serve good coffee has to be there. Yeah. Otherwise, there's of no course. point. No. 
because you can buy cheaper coffee and get you know bad results with mm. that or you can buy expensive coffee and get bad results with that as well if you, yeah. if you don't care yeah so we advise people who don't uh, have the interest to not buy our coffee mm. that's, yeah. a, that's also a good service yeah it is yeah. you can't just uh, open the coffee shop in the morning and turn on the grinder and serve espressos without tasting it no. if you have our coffee yeah so you got uh, you, there's a little bit of learning if you want to succeed and yeah. that's kind of what your job is I guess. Yeah. So let's get started on this subject because mm-hmm. uh, we do have a lot of uh, followers on our podcast yeah. and uh, of course this is a little bit niche this mm-hmm. podcast so <laughs> uh, a lot of industry people are listening and uh, when people open a coffee roastery for instance they don't necessarily think about uh, how they're gonna sell the coffee and to who and so on mm. and that's one of the things that I thought about when I was opening is I was clearly kind of writing down what kind of customers we wanted mm. how we're gonna work with them of course that's changed in 15 years yeah because the market changes um, when we opened there were a lot of independent coffee shops mm. in Oslo uh, and also around Oslo mm. but now there's Almost none. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's why uh, the reason is because uh, most of them are either roasting themselves or uh, have disappeared or mm. have been acquired by someone who roasts. So mm. that's not really a market for us anymore. But um, maybe you can tell a little bit about what kind of customers we have. Let's start with our office customers because we do have a lot of offices that we sell coffee to. What What's a typical yep. office customer for us? Uh, typical office customers is smaller offices that wa- that y- already have a filter brewer. Yeah. Uh, the typical customer is an um, office with, for example, 20 to 30 people. Yeah. That's perfect if you have two or three brewers. Uh, and or then we're one. talking like domestic brewers, like the small, yeah, the like small a Wilfa or Mocha yeah. Master. Or yeah, the one yeah. you have at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, and they have a really easy setup, just a grinder and um, brewers. Yeah. So it's really easy. Yeah, you don't have to spend a lot of money on equipment no. to serve coffee for 30 people. No. And uh, what do you do then uh, if they want to buy our coffee and you pay them a visit? Mm-hmm. What do you do when you pay them a visit? I show them how to use the equipment uh, and how to clean it. And we are tasting the coffee together and calibrating it so it tastes as good as it can. And um, uh, I usually follow up on them uh, if they have any questions or need any help. Or mm. What do you mean with calibrating? Uh, so when we are calibrating, we are using the refractometer to yeah. measure the extrax- extraction in the coffee. Yeah. Uh, that uh, can help us to uh, get the coffee to taste good. Yeah, so it's kind of dialing in the grinder. Yeah. Because uh, I guess every brewer is slightly different. Every coffee is obviously different. Mm. Every paper filter is different. Yeah. So um, it needs some calibration and every grinder is different. Mm. So, um, and also if you're making half a liter or a liter do they normally just make the same amount every time? Or yeah. yeah, yeah, usually. Or I ask them. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they are like uh, brewing a half a liter in the morning and maybe a full uh, batch. Yeah. Li- uh, yeah, in lunchtime. Yeah. So oh. we can set up two recipes for them, for example. And what's the typical customer we have? Like, what do they do? What's their business? Mm, 
it can be anything really, but um, they are usually in the um, they are usually working with um, products with good quality. Yeah. Uh, sometimes design companies and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. I know we have some uh, <coughs> internet-based companies. Yeah. Uh, designers, yes. Mm. Uh, architects. Yeah, architects. Lawyers. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very often, people who have customers who come into them again. Yeah. For meetings to drink coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, I know we have some. Uh, I think it's in a bank or something. Well, there's like a group of people who mm. are really into coffee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they kind of order mm. for themselves. Mm. And the rest of the people who work there are not part of that group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's also a thing we we would, no would normally serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then we s sell a lot to restaurants. Yeah. Both here in Oslo and also in other countries. Yeah. Obviously, we have been working with Restaurant Noma, mm. which is one of the best restaurants in the world, mm. if not the best. Yeah. Um, for many years. But... Uh, Apart from that, we work with a lot of small restaurants in mm. Oslo. Mm. And uh, what's the setup like there? Uh, usually it is the same setup as in the offices. Yeah. Uh, small brewer and uh, grinder. Yeah. Uh, and they usually brew more often. Uh, so they always serve fresh coffee to their customers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's better than brewing like a three liter at a time. And yeah. yeah, just keep it on the... In the thermos. Yeah, in the thermos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I mean, if you look at the workflow in a restaurant, like even 10 years ago, they mm. would typically brew like three, four, five liters. Mm. And that would be the coffee they served for that evening. Yeah. But if you look at a workflow in a restaurant, you know, all the tables don't need coffee at the same time. No. Unless it's like a Christmas party mm. season. Mm. So normally you have like two or three tables who would need coffee within a half hour. Mm. And then the next half hour, another two, three tables. Mm. So it's pretty easy to brew, uh, you know, one brew per table or one yeah. brew for two tables. Mm. So that's why we started recommending, you know, <coughs> when a restaurant opened, they would always ask us before, like, what kind of equipment do we need? And they would always contact equipment mm. salespeople. Mm. And of course, they want to sell yeah. a lot of equipment. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But not every restaurant needs that. So especially if you're a small restaurant, you mm. normally just need a domestic, yep. uh, cheap coffee brewer that is good quality and, mm. uh, and a small grinder mm. yeah. yeah and if they are serving a lot of coffee we help them with the bigger equipment as well yeah mm. yeah that's a good idea mm. espresso <laughs> is that popular or no no not many restaurants here in norway or oslo has uh, espresso yeah usually only filter coffee 10 years ago everyone did espresso mm. and no one wanted filter coffee mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think we uh, back then we worked with Maemo mm. and uh, they didn't want to have espresso even though oh. they loved espresso themselves uh, because they had like a Nordic profile mm. espresso is not a Nordic thing so no. they did cook a coffee in the beginning well. and then uh, started doing V60 mm. And then uh, we also have been working with Björn, who is now running Schlegegården. Mm. But he used to run Oskarsgata, Fauna, Restaurant Galt. Mm. And he also uh, was very easy to convince to just do filter coffee. First of all, because Oskarsgata was such a small restaurant, so he mm. didn't have space for an espresso machine. Mm. And then 
that was a success. You know, most Norwegians prefer to drink black coffee anyway. So um, yeah. they didn't need the espresso machine. And the logistics around having an espresso machine is really difficult. Yeah. And to train all the front of house to make espresso, you know, it's a nightmare mm. uh, because there's a lot of turnover. And mm. So uh, setting up good routines for filter coffee is much easier, obviously. Yeah. Just making sure that that tastes good. Mm. So that's kind of why we started doing that. And I, I think, I mean, most of our customers only do filter coffee because yeah. we, re- we recommend them to do that. Yeah. So much easier for them. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, to, to buy an espresso machine that's m- maybe 15,000 euros mm. uh, takes a lot of coffee to pay down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it takes so much time to, like, uh, calibrate the espresso every day and yeah. mm, make it uh, taste good. Yeah, for mm. sure. Mm. And uh, it's just standing there all day, sucking energy. Mm. You know, so it's not the me- necessarily the best way to make coffee in a restaurant. No. I think. And... Um, what are the typical restaurants we sell to? Mm, we have a lot of restaurants here in Oslo, but um, not the biggest restaurants, small no. restaurants uh, that uh, focuses on quality food and, and um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people, who, people who run restaurants who think every part of a meal is yeah. Im- as important as mm-hmm. the other. So. Obviously, coffee is the last thing you drink. It yeah. has to be good. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, 10 years ago as well, people were dreaming about having good coffee in a restaurant. But mm. um, now it's very, very common, I think. Yeah. Especially here in Oslo. Yeah. Right. And then uh, we do sell to cafes and coffee shops as well. Yeah, we do. And they usually serve both espresso and filter coffee. Yeah. So, but they are usually really very good at coffee, so they can calibrate and do st- stuff themselves. But we are there to teach them and help them if they ha- have any problems. Yeah. Mm. I noticed in the past, at least, <coughs> well, one of the things we actually do is to give them VST filters. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's uh, kind of a more precise, precision made and mm. uh, calibrated filter baskets for the espresso machine Mm. and the reason for this is if you make espresso with really old filter baskets Mm. uh, you tend to under extract the espresso a lot yeah which make the coffee really sour so when you change to a very light roasted coffee like ours Mm. people are gonna call immediately and say oh the coffee is sour Mm. (laughs) but the reason why they came to us is probably because they tasted our coffee in the coffee shop yeah and it wasn't sour so um, it normally takes a little bit of training and, and cal- recalibration and mm. adjusting the equipment mm. to get the extractions up, yeah. in my experience. Mm. And uh, it's impossible to do if you don't have good filter baskets. Mm. But you also need to have a good grinder, yeah. <laughs> a machine properly set up. And mm. um, not every system is the same, so it's not enough to just set it at nine bars, for instance, and mm. then expect it to be good you know we have to kind of measure the extraction and yeah and uh, set it up properly and i think yeah even coffee shops we do that kind of work yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah we do because uh you know um a lot of times people open coffee shops they get barista training but uh, if you're a business owner you you are uh, normally quite busy mm. doing a lot of other stuff than making coffee as well mm. so you don't really have time to do all the details so um, 
sometimes people just need a little bit of help to set it up. Mm. And it makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> and we sell to, I mean, obviously we are not able to do support when the cafe is located in Shanghai. Or no. <laughs> 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 so what kind of support do you do then? For international customers? Yeah. Um, so we are available on uh, phone and email yeah. to help them if it is any questions. And uh, we do investigate before we accept them as wholesale customers. Yeah. So to see how the cafe is looking and what type of equipment they have and so yeah. on. So we do a little bit of research before we start selling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm. And we do sell to cafes all over the world. Yeah, yeah. we do. <laughs> Where's the most popular country, you think? Mm, for wholesale? Yeah. Denmark. Denmark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a Noma. Yeah, I mean, they buy places. a lot of coffee. Well, yeah. When we talk about coffee shops yeah. in general. Uh, China yeah. and Asia is really popular. Yeah. Some places in the States. Mm. Uh, and yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I think, you know, in Norway, um, like I mentioned, there's not a lot of independent coffee shops mm. around that don't roast their own coffee or, mm. you know. So that market for us is not as big as uh, for others. Like for Solberg and Hansen, it's quite big to mm. sell to these more traditional coffee boutiques and coffee shops. But mm. um, we're not as big outside of Oslo as no. they are, for instance. Mm. I think that's about support. Mm. Probably, I don't know. Nevertheless, so let's move on to the next topic. Um, what's what do you think is important when we work with the wholesale customers? Mm. I know the answers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good service, of course. Yeah, and to help them to find the best solution for them. Yeah, so it can be easy to serve good coffee. Yeah. And I think that's really, really key, the thing yeah. you said there. Uh, make it simple and easy for people to mm. make coffee and to serve coffee. Mm. If you make it complicated, they're going to struggle. Mm. You know? yeah. and, uh, so setting up simple routines that, mm. they can, that are realistic for them to follow mm. um, and not overcomplicating the process of making coffee. Making coffee is easy. Yeah. It's good water, good coffee. Mm. So if we set up the equipment properly mm. uh, they should only think about measuring up how many grams and how many much water they use and that's it mm. um, and of course if something is wrong they need to figure it out but uh, yeah. we're there to help them do that as well yeah we are and what do you say when when you say good service what's good service to you good service to me is to um, is to get the help that you uh, need yeah and they don't have to be afraid to ask us questions or ask for help. Yeah. Uh, we are there for them <laughs> and to answer when they are contacting us and yeah. Yeah, help them as good as we can. Yeah. Mm. I know I always say this to our team, but making sure they don't run out of coffee as well. Yeah, that's really important. <laughs> 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 it's better to buy more coffee than you think and you can put it in the freezer if it's... Yeah, yeah. if it's, you know... And I mean, in, in general, people are using a little too fresh coffee. Mm, yeah. Um, they don't let the coffee degas properly because mm. they don't order enough. Some customers are really good at it, mm. but most uh, 
struggle to do this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> struggle with the planning of how much coffee they are selling uh, or yeah. using. And because we don't have a stock of roasted coffee, we only roast to order, and mm. you know, delivery times can be one to two days. Mm. So um, planning ahead. I remember when I ran a coffee shop in uh, Lillegansen mm. on Stockstedts. Um, we ha- had coffee deliveries twice a week. Uh, so it was quite easy to kind of uh, always have enough coffee. But mm. the problem was, it was the first day was the Tuesday. Mm. And the, the second delivery was Thursday. So you only had like one day in between there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, obviously the, the most important day was the Thursday because you had to order for the weekend. Mm. But if you sold too much in the weekend, yeah. you know, <laughs> Monday we had times we didn't have any coffee. Mm. So, um, but you always figure it out. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you do. <laughs> Taking a taxi with some coffee or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what else uh, is important, do you think, when we when we work with the customers in terms of service? In terms of service, except from what we have talked about. Uh, yeah, helping them to choose the right equipment and helping them to choose the right coffee for what they are using it for yeah for example making sure that they are serving something they really like yeah that's important Mm. because especially in um, how do you say i i in my experience when we do cuppings here for instance with the front of house for Mm. a restaurant they normally think they need to serve a more kind of classic coffee mm. that is more chocolatey, and mm. but they all prefer maybe an Ethiopian or yeah. a Kenyan. <laughs> yeah. And then every time we try to have them serve like a Kenyan or something, they always mm. get very good feedback. Yeah. So um, I think for me, it's more important that they serve something that they personally really like. Mm. It's so much easier to be excited about that mm. than to choose something you think your customer would like. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that could go both ways and they can serve different things, of course. They don't have to serve the same thing all the time. Mm. But um, I think our main object when we get a new customer is to make sure they serve good coffee. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I agree. (laughs) Because uh, in the end, if the coffee is bad or if it's good, Mm. if the customer asks which coffee it is uh, and they say it's our coffee, Mm. if it's bad, it's going to be, you know, not good for us. Mm. If it's good, it's going to be good for us. Mm. So that's kind of uh, always I have in mind when I'm when I used to work have your job mm, yeah. <laughs> when I used to work with the restaurants and everything I always had in mind like just make sure they uh, succeed in serving good coffee mm. and uh, the only way for them to succeed is to make it easy yeah and it is easy I mean yeah it is easy yeah. <laughs> but for instance uh, I work a lot with uh, Noma and have for many years and mm-hmm. uh, one of the biggest challenges we had there was not the equipment or the coffee or the know-how or mm. training you know it was very easy the most difficult part was the water yeah because they had a lot of uh, bicarbonates and mm. calcium in the water and that just simply makes the coffee taste really chalky and uh, how to say bitter yeah <laughs> No acidity, no fruit flavor, no nothing. Mm. So um, um, finding a good water filtration solution, mm. that's been a huge challenge there. Mm. We kind of solved it with the new Noma. They have a new location now, mm. had for many years. 
but there they have like a water filtration for the whole restaurant not yeah. just the coffee and um but that can be very challenging here in oslo we don't really have to think about it but um in other parts of norway there is uh, actually more calcium in the water and mm. and more trouble mm. yeah hmm. we just tested some water in Tromsø mm. up north and uh in my opinion, that water is fantastic for coffee. Yeah. And uh, when we measured it, it actually showed that it's pretty ideal for coffee. Yeah. So <laughs> 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 that's going to be nice <laughs> going there in a couple of weeks to drink coffee. Yeah. All right. Wh so what are the kind of normal mistakes you see when you visit a customer, uh, whether they are serving our coffee or just about to begin or yeah. what's uh, the kind of common things people do wrong? that makes the coffee taste bad yeah um one of the most common mistakes is not to measure or care or know about extraction in coffee yeah um so we tell them about that when we are visiting them and calibrate them uh, explaining to them what to look for when they are tasting the coffee mm. if it is over extracted or under extracted or uh, and how they can adjust the grinder to make the coffee taste as good as it can. Yeah. And another common mistake is uh, to not clean or take care of the equi equipment. Yeah. And not to rinse the coffee brewer or the grinder. And yeah. Very common mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to so many places where they they actually do quite quite often they rinse the. Uh, coffee brewer mm. but to forget about the thermoses yeah <laughs> so when they look inside it's like black yeah and it's supposed to be shiny and mm. you know so buying a toilet brush mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a cheap toilet brush and just uh, let the thermoses soak in detergent overnight yeah and then using the toilet brush to scrub out all the mm. stuff don't use the toilet brush for the toilet <laughs> <laughs> just for the thermoses <laughs> That's a very quick fix, I think, for, yeah. for that huge problem. Like, yeah. everyone knows what bad coffee tastes like. Yeah. And it's normally because of cleanliness. Mm. And it is so easy to keep it clean if you just have a good routine on it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if, if it was my office or restaurant, I would just soak the thermoses and mm. equipment overnight in detergent. Mm. Next morning, you rinse it and off you go. Yeah. <laughs> simple mm. and of course the grinder needs to be cleaned every now and then as well yeah which uh, sometimes can be a struggle but mm. uh, a little toothbrush or you know paintbrush or something can help you do that yeah what else they're using a mm. lot of fresh coffee i know yeah as we talked about earlier yeah not to order enough coffee and what's wrong with using very fresh coffee it doesn't taste as good as it can no um yeah, it just tastes too fresh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you want to know why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you when you roast coffee, um, the coffee beans, there's a lot of chemical reactions inside the coffee beans when you roast, mm. and uh, one of those is that uh, you break down sugar chains, carbohydrates, mm. and uh, you produce CO2 gas. Mm. So the coffee needs to degas, and uh, it doesn't help to open the bag, for instance, mm. um, because this is about pressure. So mm. there's a overpressure inside the um, inside the um, coffee bean, mm. and um, that pressure is created by the CO2 gas. 
and uh, gradually the CO2 gas will kind of get out of the coffee bean. It's like you have a yeah. balloon with a little hole in it. Mm. Gradually the air will go out of the balloon. Um, and if the pressure outside of the coffee bean is the same as inside the coffee bean, mm. it reaches equilibrium, so there's no more degassing. So it's the uh, atmospheric pressure that kind of decides whether or not it degasses fast. So if you have a vacuum, for instance, mm. maybe it will de degas a little bit faster because you're kind of sucking out mm. the gases. But if you just leave it in normal uh, room, mm. um, the degassing can take anything from a week to three, four weeks. Yeah. And um, in my experience, um, the first days when you drink coffee, it tastes a little kind of almost smoky and mm. bitter. Mm. And it's kind of like uh, if you need glasses and you don't, you forgot your glasses, mm. you can still see, but it's not very clear. Mm. <laughs> when you put the glasses on, you can see very clearly. And that's mm. the kind of same with the degassing. After a couple of days, more maybe four, five, six days of degassing, mm. the flavors come out more clearly. Yeah. And uh, also when you have CO2 in the beans and you put hot water on, the CO2 wants to get out fast. Mm. And that makes it e difficult for the water to penetrate the coffee grounds mm. to extract them. So that means you end up with quite sour and under-extracted coffee if the coffee is too fresh. Mm. So of course you can kind of work around it by grinding the coffee, you know, 10 minutes before you're going to brew. Mm. Um, so kind of Because grinding accelerates degassing, obviously. Mm. You're breaking down the coffee beans. But uh, it's not ideal. So I recommend, you know, degassing the coffee in the original bag when it's sealed uh, for at least, uh, I mean, I would prefer a week mm. before I start using it. Mm. And uh, if you put them in the freezer, they stop degassing. Mm. So they degas much slower. Yeah. Same if you put it in the fridge, it will slow down the degassing. Mm. If you put it in heat, sunlight, you mm. accelerate degassing. Mm. So, um, uh, and also oxidation. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Kind of um, resting coffee is a science on its own. and um, But in general, like what would you tell a customer? How long should they... Like the routine for ordering coffee should mm. be uh, order first time order enough for two weeks, yeah. then wait a week before you start using it. Yeah. And then just continue. So, mm. I mean, if you have coffee that's one to two weeks old, that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That means you never run out uh, 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 at all because if you see that you're running low, you just order a little bit more. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and the co our coffee is um, fresh for so long time, so it's not like dangerous if you have three weeks old coffee. <laughs> no, and that's because we flush the bags with nitrogen, mm. so you reduce the amount of oxygen in mm. the bag, so you don't have oxidation. Mm. But the coffee will still degas. Mm. That's the. A lot of people confuse degassing with oxidation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Two different things. Cool. Yeah. Anything else we need to talk about? Mm, we can talk about how to become a wholesale customer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do you become a wholesale customer? Uh, you can register your company details on our website. Yeah. And then me or Ben or someone else will contact you and tell you about the procedure of ordering and stuff like that yeah. or you can contact us by email yeah so and we take it from there this is for business customers yeah yeah 
And if you're not a business customer, you can just, you know, go to our website and order coffee. Yeah, <laughs> Simple yeah, <you> and easy. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Molly, and that's the salesperson, you know. <laughs> How to become a customer. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think, what's the kind of most rewarding thing about working with businesses mm. for you? I think it is so fun to like open their eyes for good coffee yeah. and to see that they think it is fun to learn about taste and uh, to serve our coffee. Yeah, mm. yeah, I agree. I, d- I did a tasting for a, an office that we sell coffee to mm. um, and they were so geeky. Mm. Like they r- were really interested yeah. you know, because uh, they, they already are buying good coffee and mm. like good coffee. So. Mm. But the general knowledge is kind of not uh, as high as it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they were super interested in wine and food and everything. So yeah. they kind of quickly understood the concepts of quality mm-hmm. coffee, mm-hmm. which is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think um, the feedback you get from from the customers and their customers again yeah. is uh, kind of fun. Yeah, it is. I agree. Cool. Thank you, Marlene, for joining us for this podcast. Thank I you for having hope me. All the listeners enjoyed listening to how we work with wholesale customers and businesses. Mm-hmm. And um, if you like more of this content, then uh, make sure to comment on our Instagram account. That's kind of the only place we have for commenting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were supposed to record another podcast today, <coughs> but um, our guest called in sick. But um, we just had our 15-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, what better than to talk to one of our first guests, mm-hmm. Anders Volde, who is also uh, the first World Aeropress champion, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still a regular guest. He's in our store almost every day. Yeah. So I think in our next episode, we will manage to have a chat with Anders uh, to go down memory lane and talk about the past 15 years mm-hmm. in our coffee shop. So... That's going to be nice, I think. Yep. Until then, thank you for listening. Thank you, Maling, for joining. Thank you. And uh, make sure to check out our brewing videos if you're interested in learning how to brew coffee. Uh, we have it on our YouTube page or on our webpage. We have different brew guides. And if you're interested in get, serving our coffee in your business, then please get in touch through our website. Thanks for now and uh, have a great coffee.